welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. Ushering in a new era of bite-sized livable health, nutrition and fitness solutions, Patricia Greenberg, Aging Well Coach, is an expert in all aspects of living life to the fullest at any age. As the creator of Eat Well, Live Well, Age Well, she consults, teaches, and hosts a weekly show and speaks at seminars nationwide. She has a special interest in enhancing the education of the general public and providing accurate health information to today's consumer. Passionate about wellness for life, Patricia completed 20 marathons and 115 half marathons and loves the sport of tower climbing, having conquered buildings all over the country. Married with a grown daughter, in her downtime, she's an avid reader and knitter. Hi, Patricia. Welcome to Revolutionary Woman. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm fine, Tess. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Okay, so why don't we get started? Um, so I read that you grew up on Long Island, but what part of Long Island? I'm from Oyster Bay, Long Island, the North Shore. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, I lived in Huntington for a long time, oh, <laughs> so yeah, I know yep. Oyster Bay. Um, mm-hmm. So what was it like growing up for you in Oyster Bay? Uh, Oyster Bay is, you know, at the time we had, you know, the classic um, the classic angst that all kids and teenagers have. But looking back, it was just, it was really a beautiful upbringing. Oyster Bay is a quiet little town. At the time, it was about 10,000 people, and we all knew each other. Wow. Uh, crossing all, you know, ethnic, religious and race lines and uh-huh. um, just wonderful. And I had a big family. We had five kids in the family. Oh. So I had friends of uh, in all age groups because, you know, the, our uh, being a small town, all of our friend groups kind of overlapped and mm-hmm. and our age spanned each other. So it was just lovely. And, you know, the thing that um, I really loved about it, too, is the four seasons. You know, we had mm-hmm. very, very defined activities and lifestyles based on you know, summer, winter, spring, and fall. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, you know, that aspect of it was lovely. Um, okay. You know, I also want to mention that, that, you know, one of the beauties of living um, on the North Shore of, well, any, anywhere in Long Island, mm-hmm. really, is your proximity to New York City. So it's yes. really the best of both worlds. Yep. We have um, room to grow and backyards and the beach and the woods and, mm-hmm. and you know, the fields to go play in. And then we've got um, the wonderful, uh, all the wonderful things that New York City has to offer. So it really is the best combination of places to live. Great. Thank you. Okay. So so I read that you, you saw yourself as unathletic as a child and teen. Uh, so how did that impact you growing up? Um, oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I did, to be honest with you. I mean, I had a lot of friends, but I felt very left out when it came to uh, gym and athletic activities, Mm. it was something that um, funny enough, you know, as a child, I developed almost a fear against it. Um, uh, And I was, uh, you know, I didn't participate in a lot of sports. Uh I did the, I truthfully, I did the bare minimum of what you had to, to get through gym class. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I was not, not an athlete and did not, you know, hang out with uh, the real athletic kids, um, Mm. although everybody was friendly Right. And that just kind of came to me a little bit later in life. You know, I swam, I went to day camp, uh, but, you know, a lot where a lot of kids would be excelling at certain sports, which included my brother and sister. Mm. I didn't as much. I, I loved to play with dolls. Mm-hmm. I loved home crafts. You know, I always joke I was Susie Homemaker and still am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and that, that's where my interest would lie. You know, I was a big reader mm-hmm. um, and I love I actually love to make doll clothes and oh, um, cool. cooking and sewing. And yeah, real, huh. real home economics orientation. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So after high school, you went to college and got a degree in nutrition. Why were you attracted to nutrition? I wasn't originally. What happened was I um, got a job as a dental assistant, and uh-huh. I decided I would try to go to dental school. Huh. And so I took a course um, in as a dental tech, and uh-huh. I finished that. And I took some time off to work. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to really try to go back and go to dental school. So I went back to Queens College in Queens, New York, Mm -hmm. and I started taking all the pre-med courses. And one of the requirements to graduate was I had to take a home ec course. So um, it was, uh, and you know, way back when it was cooking, sewing, and childcare, right? Mm -hmm. And when I was in college, it was uh, nutrition, child psychology, and textiles. That's Mm. how they they, they framed it. Uh And so I said, okay, I'll take a nutrition course. I'm already taking science. I loved it so much. It just, it opened up the floodgates for me. Mm. I switched my major. So it took another couple of years to get out of school. Uh Um, But I went on to uh, become a a clinical dietitian. And it wasn't, like I said, it's interesting. It wasn't so much that I was, I got into it and it was just like around 2021, 20, mm-hmm. like I said, the floodgates opened. Um, I, uh, I, I was a smoker in high school. Hmm. I'd stopped smoking and I started exercising and joined the gym uh-huh. and the, you know, and being, um, starting to study nutrition, right. uh, overall it became a way of life for me. Ah, okay. Okay. So you, you said that you worked as a dietitian and became a fitness professional, so how did you cha- how did that change the way you saw health in others? Health in others? Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting question because um, I think that you know working with others came a little bit later. Okay. So um, I I always tell this funny story that when I was a hospital dietitian, it was at uh, North Shore Hospital in Great Neck, New York, in the Manhasset Great Neck area, mm-hmm. and um, I was telling the cardiologist to put the um, the patients on vegetarian diets using tofu and peanut butter and, mm-hmm. and nut-based uh-huh. items as protein. And they all thought I was crazy. You know, uh-huh. nobody was listening in those days. Uh-huh. And fast forward, now we know that those are very heart-healthy food items. Yes. Um, so, you know, at the time, I didn't think much of it, just like many of us thought, Tess, you mm-hmm. know, years ago, mm-hmm. is as you, as you get older, disease is inevitable. Yeah. And as you get older, uh, your heart's going to go and you're not going to be able to exercise and you'll probably gain weight. And Mm -hmm. I had this, even with my education, Mm -hmm. I had this terrible misperception Mm -hmm. about, you know, what happens when you get older. So often a lot of the patients in the hospital, a majority of the patients who get to the hospital with these diseases Mm -hmm. um, are often um, older. And so, you know, we all make the assumption and, you know, we still have this today. Well, you know, if you're over 60 or you're over, you know, you're, you're prone to this. Mm. Yes, you know, the risk increases, but, right. um, you know, now we know a whole different way of life. But at the time, uh, which is the answer to your question, you know, how did it um, alter my perception of health and others, mm-hmm. is that um, I did leave dietetics and I went into um, the restaurant business. So I took mm. my degree uh-huh. in, uh, I took my degree in, um, um, after I finished my degree in, in dietetics, I went and got a degree well, I'll, I'll take the step back. I actually went and opened up a restaurant. Oh, so I opened okay. up a vegetarian restaurant. I moved to Arizona. I thought I'd be a pioneer and open it up in a community where there was no consciousness and was no vegetarianism. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason for that. And um, 
I had to, you know, I had to wait that out because it wasn't popular in those days, mm-hmm. um, really outside of the big cities. Right. Um, but what part of it is that you get into a consciousness that you're eating well, you're, you're providing wellness to other people. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be nice to get a, um, of certification mm. in uh, fitness as well, just to learn about it. I really didn't even think I'd use it. Right. So I did that. And then when I had to close the restaurant and that was just due to the cost of, you know, providing, uh, putting together a restaurant is an astronomical undertaking, both mm-hmm. financially and physically. Right. And so I had it open for two years and it was popular, but I, I really couldn't keep it open. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't taking off. So I left and I went to culinary school, which was a six month program. So from that, um, I went on to teach and I was teaching nutrition to chefs in culinary schools for years and years and years. And along with that, you know, I would do um, seminars Mm -hmm. and special interest classes. And then I started to do. Uh, got invited to do segments on TV and mm-hmm. radio. Mm-hmm. So that's how the tie in with media came that I was started to do food and nutrition and wellness in the media. And um, then with my, uh, my fitness training, I started to do uh, kind of a unique form of personal training, mm-hmm. where I would meet with people in gyms, and I would do an overall package of getting their nutrition in order mm-hmm. and getting their, their uh, fitness packages in order mm-hmm. and what it came down to. So again, maybe jumping ahead, but we'll continue to talk about this teaching nutrition, teaching wellness and teaching fitness and how to stay fit that mm-hmm. combination. Mm-hmm. Um, the missing link was the willingness. Mm-hmm. And that's what took a really, really long time for me to learn and to work with. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you mentioned that you went from being a dietitian to then getting your certification or or establishing yourself in the culinary world as a chef um, and then closed your business but then you are, so now okay so you are now known as the fitness gourmet and yes. you are the author of eat well live well age well so yes. what is that all about and what prompted you to create it so that kid that was a very very long time coming like I had mentioned earlier mm-hmm. in my very young days right now I'm, I just turned 62 yesterday and oh, I'm very proud of that yeah, it's my birthday uh-huh. and um, my birthday present was I climbed the Statue of Liberty because it's been wow. reopened so oh, my wonderful. sister and I climbed up into the crown so that was really fun uh-huh. and uh, um, so you can tell I, I'm still loving my fitness mm-hmm. and uh, so um, I, the, the whole evolution of uh, about eight well, like I mentioned, I go back to when I was a dietitian, and we just thought that uh, old age brought disease. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. over the years, I just became more and more, both for myself and in my teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and my moniker is the fitness gourmet. Mm-hmm. I continue to teach in culinary schools. And I, like I mentioned, I started teaching special interest classes, both in wellness and in fitness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, online was starting to happen, but it wasn't a big deal. So I would go to gyms and do nutrition seminars um, to help people, um, you know, th- there's the fitness com- component, the wellness component right. of um, eating well. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, what motivates people? So I started to study that. How do you get people motivated? I can't come. I have to work. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a family I have. And then, you know, for many, many years, Tess, we all know this, the, the wellness and fitness industry uh, and nutrition for that matter, we're very shaming. 
Mm. You know, we, we didn't realize we were doing that, but it's, oh, yes, you can. You can find a half an hour or mm-hmm. you, you could, yeah. you know, you could put that, you could put down that tro- piece of chocolate cake. Right. And what I've learned through that process also is it's very multifaceted. It's not just a question of willpower where somebody's not willing to stop eating it. There are hormonal issues. There mm. are emotional issues. Mm-hmm. There is uh, metabolic issues where there may not even be something wrong with someone. It's mm-hmm. just their metabolism is such that uh, they're slow to lose weight. Mm-hmm. There's also conditions that, you know, we don't always know people have. There right. are uh, uh, PCOS in women, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which causes you to gain weight. Mm. There's insulin resistance based on hereditary factors with diabetes. Mm-hmm. So I started and I embarked on a journey to learn about what are the, some of the factors that prevent people who are trying really hard and can't lose weight is mm-hmm. one factor. Mm-hmm. The other factor is the psychological um, and, you know, and the mental health uh, aspect of it is how do people view themselves? How do people view diets? How do people view, uh, you know, wellness classes? Mm-hmm. And I, I came to find that the hormonal and the medical can be somewhat treated. Okay. Uh, the person, again, has to be willing to do the medical work, you right. know, to get yeah. the blood test and to find out what it is. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're not trying or they don't have willpower. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, you know, we'll talk about what society does to us as well. But yeah. this is this yeah. is a huge component is that there's a lot of things going on with people that they're not even aware of. Right. And a lot of doctors now we're coming around where doctors are starting to look at uh, uh, components of wellness and reasons why people can't lose weight mm-hmm. and um, why fitness might be difficult for them. You know, there's uh, there's a whole section of that in, in the fitness arena, which I'll talk about in a second. Okay. But the so there's the whole medical there's medical issues why people can't maintain their wellness. And okay. then there is a psychological and the mental health issues mm-hmm. and yeah. something that we know now. Again, we didn't even know this 20 years ago. Stress anxiety and the pressures of life alter your body Mm. and we didn't you know we know that now mind body and spirit but for a long time people who were working really hard Mm -hmm. and came home and were literally physically and it's very real the body was too tired to exercise Mm. um and it isn't just the oh i'm kind of tired because i had a big day at work stress can shut you down physically Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And cause um, uh, when you're stressed all day long, your cortisol, it's a, a hormone that gets released and your adrenaline mm-hmm. and, you, and your your body just releases these chemicals that make your body go 90 miles an hour. Your mm-hmm. mind is going 90 miles an hour and you genuinely need that downtime and that rest where exercise isn't going to help. It's just going to make you it's going to wear you out even more. Right. So, yeah. you know, we're learning that component where, you know, we used to say, um, well, when you get home, just find a half an hour mm-hmm. to go work out, find mm-hmm. five minutes to go to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And you genuinely can't. The body won't allow you to. Wow. It's almost shutting down. So huh. these are very important things to know now, because that's where we today we can tie in that um, that concept of. When you're working really hard, first you need to rest, then you can exercise, <laughs> right? Mm, it yeah. used to be the other way around. Oh, right. I'll, I'll rest when I'm dead. You know, all yeah. this time. I can't yeah. stand that term in it, that that terminology because now we know is rest is as equally as important as mm-hmm. every other aspect of your wellness. Um, so, Patricia, I'm sorry, did you have a question? Yeah. yeah. So, were you surprised that, you know, 
Okay, and like a lot of people would say, well, part of it too is because um, there's lack of access, you know, in terms of finding maybe someone to work out, to work out with or finding like that they may not be able to, um, you know, get into the gym because they can't afford it. Um, so are you surprised that it, it's really more fundamental than that? Like it's, it's physical as well as emotional and, and, um, and mental. Yes, it, it is. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and also, you know, it circles back, Tess, you're absolutely right, access, access to good, healthy food, yeah. access to safe, clean neighborhoods that you can go for a walk and feel comfortable doing that, right, right. especially yeah. older people, because mm-hmm. um, there's a whole, we'll get to that in a little bit, the whole component of being older and taking yep. all this on. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that, that I recommend uh, for, for that is I I don't love the idea of working out at home, and I'll tell you why. Because one thing that we're learning now mm-hmm. about wellness is loneliness is mm. uh, the new sitting or the new smoking. Yeah. It's very, very bad for people to be alone for long, extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. And let's define that. There's loneliness versus solitude. Mm-hmm. Loneliness is when you genuinely feel like you don't have anybody in the world right. and you have nobody to turn to solitude is when you're choosing to be alone because you need some downtime and you need to be by yourself. Right. Right. So those two components um, of being alone, you know, I I try to, you know, define that and separate it out because we all need a little bit of alone time. I think it's healthy to have that little Mm -hmm. bit of space where you Mm -hmm. can just think. Right. And um, so there is a stressor in never being alone as well. (laughs) You Mm, know, yeah. The mother who's taking care of uh, several children, she never gets a minute to herself. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a stressor. So that's very different than loneliness where someone lives alone or someone's elderly and there's no family around. Right. Or, you know, feeling alone, even if you're part of a family, which is, you know, something that needs to be addressed. Right. So um, I it's funny you bring this up because I always say all this health and wellness stuff that we all talk about and we try to get people involved with. Mm -hmm is costly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so I'm always looking for ways to recommend for people to uh, slow down, take care of themselves and do it in a way that's free or easily accessible. Mm-hmm. So your questions are, you know, your, your, your thoughts about that are correct. So if you can't belong to a gym, um, just any form of movement mm-hmm. in your life will mm-hmm. improve your health. Any form. Um, I have a story of a friend of mine, was very, very overweight. She went on to lose, I think, like 120 pounds. It could have been even more. And she didn't have a lot of money. And Uh here's how she started. She said, I know I have to do something. And she was in her apartment. And she decided that she's going to tap each wall in the apartment. And Hmm. so she got up and circled the apartment and tapped the wall. That was like her line. Like when you go for a walk and Mm -hmm. you tap the the tree at the end. And Mm -hmm. then you turn around and you know you've hit your mileage. So she did this around her house. First day was five minutes, uh, maybe the first couple of days. And then she started adding on more and more time. And when she got used to the fact that she was going to get up and move for 15, 20 minutes a day, Uh she started to see a change in her weight. And then she um, added on to it and did more. That was before she even got to the food Mm. or the wellness or whatever medical issue she may have had. She just realized she needed to move. Mm -hmm. And that was the catalyst. And I thought that was really brilliant. She did it on her own terms and she was self-motivated. So that's why I always say there's something 
that you could do in your life to improve your wellness. It's maybe, you know, I always say, if you're not eating well, Mm -hmm. um, you can always have apples in the house, a bag of apples and a bag of oranges Hmm. and have an apple every day. That's a start, right? That Mm -hmm. almost like um, you have to take a pill every day. You have an apple every single day. So you've got your antioxidants, you're building your immune system, you're increasing your fiber and your vitamin C, right? So that's just one step. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I'm not a big proponent of telling everybody to throw out everything you have in your house and start all over again. You have to do it in small pieces. Mm -hmm. I also want to test, add on that uh, we were talking before about predispositions and people's capabilities of, of getting well, right? Um, Something in, um, in, uh, fitness that we know is that people do have body types they have muscular body types Mm -hmm. and there's three general types there's called ectomorph uh, mesomorph and endomorph so an ectomorph person who's built ectomorph means very very thin Mm -hmm. uh not uh not very don't doesn't build muscle very well so someone who's very skinny and lanky and has a hard time gaining weight and a hard time building muscles called an ectomorph. Mm-hmm. So there's diff- there's a different approach to that than you would with a mesomorph. A mesomorph is someone who's kind of uh, just simply is like 50% um, body fat and 50% muscle. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is that you can build muscle, but you still have body fat. So you have to adjust your, your, your fitness towards that. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are endomorph. And endomorphs, interestingly enough, are people who build muscle really easily, tend to be muscular in general. That's Mm -hmm. their body type. So they are the most uh, likely to do well in sports that like bodybuilding Mm -hmm. or things that require great strength. Uh, So how do we approach this? So again, this is, you know, um, I'm not going to say it's very simple, but with an ectomorph, um, they can uh, add more calories into their diet. Um, and do lots of resistance and weight training. And they tend to stay away from more of the aerobic and cardiovascular exercises because that burns, you know, more fat. Mm-hmm. The mesomorph, who, you know, kind of like the midline, the half, um, the half muscular, half um, uh, body fat. Those, again, recommended that uh, some um, uh, some muscle building and definitely doing uh, weight training, mm-hmm. but a lot of cardiovascular exercise as fat burning. Mm-hmm. So that um, that type of fitness or that approach to fitness works well with that body type. I'm a mesomorph, so I know a lot about that. Mm -hmm. And then the endomorph is someone who has very, very high muscular builds. Um, They can do cardiovascular exercise and it's good for the heart, Mm -hmm. but they don't need it as much to keep their bodies maintained. They need a lot of weight training and a lot of um, uh, resistance training to keep their bodies strong. So you see how broken down it can become now that you can Actually, we can we now know look at body types, predisposition, mm-hmm. um, and all this ties back into how I got into eat well, live well, age well. Is that I started to see it is so multifaceted. Your wellness is so multifaceted mm. as to um, you know how you you approach um, your approach your wellness on an individual basis. Wow, it's really interesting because I never had heard of the of those terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, every person, every body type is different. So one has to figure out a way that would really work, um, the kind of fitness regimen that would work for them. Right, right. Um, so was that something that you already did? I mean, when you started your journey with Fitness Gourmet, 
so as you as you are on this journey, is it easier to spot which one, which fitness regimen would be good for who for, for one and not the other? Yes, I have. Yes, I have intense radar on that one. Oh, really? <laughs> now okay. I have, yes, I can meet someone and kind of see right away what it is that what approach I would take with them. Yes, absolutely. Ah. I mean, do mm-hmm. you think that's part of because uh, that's part of um, the reason is uh, would be that you you've been a dietitian and a chef and you know all of these things that you had um become i guess, uh, an expert in you know like all of those all of the learning that you've done culminated in this so it's easier for you to determine okay well this person needs this one and that person needs that one yes you know it comes down to Tess also what's very popular right now is um specialized medicine you know, where, uh, or individualized medicine, a lot of the functional doctors are doing that, is that, um, yes, we take the holistic picture, you know, what's going on with you mm-hmm. in your body, you know, yeah. and ta- and um, everybody, I say, should have blood tests, should have stress tests, get your heart checked, mm-hmm. get your GI system checked, have all the tests. And if you can't afford them, uh, or it's when it is, the insurance companies are not very helpful nowadays, yeah. is if you could try to find a clinic or a place that, you know, would help you, mm-hmm. um, a woman's center for women, uh, men can go and just, you know, just do the research. Um, mm. That's where you're going to have to spend a little time on it, is finding right. out where to get the best care for the least amount of money, if you will, um, and have all this done and just get an assessment of where your body is and where you're at. Yeah. And then um, then the next level is getting all those tests out of the way mm-hmm. and then determining so many times your your blood tests and your medical assessment can come out perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, your heart is fine and all your blood work is showing all your levels are perfect, but you don't feel well or you can't lose weight. Right. So yeah. um, it needs to be examined further. And then, uh, like I was saying about the mental health issues, mm-hmm. um, again, that is something that, you know, I feel um very, very, uh, something I observe and something I feel very strongly about is that we're innocent. This is what I want to talk about. The societal pressures mm-hmm. is that, yes, we all know. And I, you know, I hate even spending time on this is we all know that, uh, society is, you know, leans towards, uh, being skinny and being young, right. That's yeah. always the two things that go, you have to be, you know, you have to lose weight and you have to be young to be accepted mm. or I'm not pretty enough to do this, or I'm mm-hmm. not smart enough to do this. Right. I'm learning, uh, through interviewing. Cause I, I, I host a show called eat well, live well, age well. Mm-hmm. And I'm, ho- and I'm constantly interviewing people who are older, some are younger, but mostly older because I'm, I'm talking about aging and mm-hmm. how we feel about ourselves. And we get old as we get older. Right. And I cannot tell you that, you know, the majority of the guests that I have on when we talk about this as everybody says the same thing. I wish I felt better about myself when I was younger. I would have made better decisions. Mm, And so, you know, what I come down to, what it comes down to for me is I always say any decision you make at the time is based on your self-esteem at that moment. Mm -hmm. And if you're not feeling good about yourself, you're probably not going to make a decision that's good for you. Right. And um, that is aside from all the medical and the wellness, I think that that is something that we all would be in our best interest to take a look at is to say, Mm -hmm. you know, how am I feeling about take you know, count to 10 before you yell back at someone <laughs> or, or uh, <laughs> yeah. take a minute before you send the email if you're angry. Right. Um, the same thing with this. Take a second and say to yourself, okay, 
how am I feeling today? You know, I'm mm-hmm. going into a situation because we enter situations in a frenzy right. and in a flux and we don't even think about it. Yeah. So that's where the mindfulness component comes in is where, where we say, let me be mindful. What, you know, what is it I can do today mm-hmm. um, to just take a second and take a look at my decisions and my behavior? Yeah. And I don't think it's just about, you know, okay, I'm eating that cupcake because I'm stressed out. Mm-hmm. There's a component of enjoying life and having the glass of wine and the wonderful meal mm-hmm. and treating yourself, especially if you're on a budget and you're cutting back. There's those few times where you just really want to indulge and do something good for yourself. Mm-hmm. So add the good things in rather than cut everything out of your diet and say, I'm never going to eat that again. Yeah. Or bread is bad for you or don't yeah. eat anything white. Uh, you know, those are rules of thumb. But the, but the reality is, is to just say, I'm doing the best I can today. So what's one good thing I can do for myself? Mm-hmm. And what's one thing that I've been doing that really isn't good for me? Let me take a look at why I'm doing that. And, you know, that's the first tenant of uh, drug and alcohol addiction recovery mm-hmm. is to mm-hmm. start saying, you know, to take that first look at yourself and turn it around. Look at you. Yeah. What am I doing? How am I responding? As horrible as someone might be to you that someone's treating you terribly or somebody's doing something that feels that you're being wronged. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. 100%. How do I react? How can I turn this into something that works for me? Right. And that seems to be the hardest component test that mm. um, I could work with you day in and day out mm-hmm. on, you know, the eating and the exercise and taking a deep breath and doing your yoga stretches in the morning and telling your boss, no, you're working me too hard. I have to go home at a reasonable hour. And telling your family members you need a break. These are all, all absolutely aspects of our lives that if we do in small increments, one at a time, take a look at it, then it's not so overwhelming. Yeah. But you walk into right. someone, you say, okay, throw everything out of the refrigerator, change your diet, <laughs> yeah. start exercising, right. you know, uh, go to bed at nine o'clock. You're like, oh my God, your head is spinning. You don't yeah. know what to do first. Right. So it's a, a, it's a small approach. And I, um, it's kind of like, you know, people look at this as a negative. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. nobody gets out alive. There mm-hmm. is going to come a day yeah. where we all, you know, we, we will live out our lives and, and it will come to an end. Right. And how do we want that? Do we want it stressed out and feeling bad about ourselves and, you know, not having the things we want? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you not have, oh, you're, you're never going to get everything you want right. ever. Yeah. That, that, that's just a reality. Right. So here's my advice to get there. One of the things I, I share in my book and also to um, to my audience when I speak and also to individual clients when I'm speaking to them is, you know, you know, I just say over and over again, you want to age peacefully. You know, there's a concept of aging gracefully, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, we want to we want to age gracefully. And I'm not I'm I'm going to go down kicking and screaming. Right. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to fight until the end or deny it. Yeah. Um, you want you want your later years to be peaceful. Part of that is because your as your body ages, I don't care how fit you are. And like I said, I, I ran 20 marathons. I ran 110 half marathons mm. all over the age of 35. Wow. I ran the Boston Marathon when I was 54. Oh, wow. There is a reality in your age and slowing down. Mm-hmm. And when I say this term slowing down, it's not a death sentence and it's not a negative. It's just a reality in letting your body rest, yeah. you know, as you get older and, and loving your body and respecting your body than saying, I'm going to keep going at this pace because I have to prove that I can still do it at 70. Mm. You don't have to prove anything to anybody anywhere at right. any time, right. right? You just say, uh, what's the best I can do? I'm a perfect example. My hips started to bother me. 
I went through all the the uh, the usual channels of getting X-rays and MRIs and going to doctors and wasting money. By, mm. I might add tests because it's very expensive yeah. to uh, examine all this. And they said you have hip arthritis. It's consistent with your age, and it could have happened from you running so many marathons, and it could be that you sat on the couch your whole life and you got it. So hmm. arthritis is just this fifty. Six million Americans with arthritis right now. Mm -hmm. It's not inevitable. It's not. I'm not saying everybody's going to get it, but it's one of those things. As you age, the kind of with the gray hair and the wrinkles, yeah. there is a um, predisposition towards developing arthritis. Mm -hmm. So I went into a depression and a funk, and I went through all those emotions that people go through when they're told they're not allowed to go running anymore hmm. or do sports that you know pound on it. Right. So I switched over to walking, and I didn't miss a beat. You know, yeah. I. I had yeah. that little bad time there, I would say. So maybe I did miss a beat, but you know what I mean. I, mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't stop what I was doing. I switched from running to walking. Right. I started doing more nature hikes. And I have a group of girlfriends that are on or about my age. And mm -hmm. that's what we do is we go and we do 5Ks. Mm. We go to the races and we don't run and we don't care if we win. Yeah. And we do 20-minute miles and we walk together and we catch up and we support each other. Wow. So anytime you're embarking on this or you're right. realizing you have to make a shift, Mm -hmm. Find like-minded people. Mm -hmm. I always say find people that are your age. So I say pe your peers are your best advisors. Mm -hmm. They're going through what you're going through. And, you know, men and women. And I have found this wonderful group of older people that I meet um, down at the beach or at, uh, you know, at uh, uh, different venues in which we go walking. And some people run, some people walk. Mm -hmm. It's fine. I've friends on crutches, people on walkers, right. and then elite athletes. And we all congregate and everybody does the best they can and mm -hmm. feels really good about it. So the sense of accomplishment is there, mm -hmm. even though it might be a far cry from what you did 20 years ago. Right. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> but I love that, though, because you're really taking time to, to listen to your body, you know, yes. to listen to it and say, okay, I may not be able to do a marathon anymore or even a half marathon, but I can, like you said, you can pivot and, and figure out a different way to still have, um, to still be able to move. So that's really, that's very cool. Yeah, um, and I think it's, you know, uh, you know, Tess, above listening to the body, there's also listening to the mind and the emotions, mm, you know, and yeah. the, re the reality of what's going on in your life right now. Right. Is, yeah. <clears throat> you know. What is going on with your friends and your family and your work? Yeah. And, you know, evaluating it all and saying, okay, what works for me right now? What doesn't? Right. What do I have to do? And what can I eliminate from my life? Hmm. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. So so what was your aha moment for creating um, Eat Well, Live Well, Age Well? Yeah, so that more recently, um, I got married later than a lot of women in my age group. I got married at 37 for the uh -huh. first time, uh -huh. and I had my daughter at 40. Mm -hmm. And when she was little, I would, you know, take her to all the usual activities, the park and the playground and the children's groups. And I was in my early 40s, and a lot of the other mothers were in their mid-20s or mm -hmm. late 20s. Some, you know, some a few mothers closer to my age. And um, I started to realize that their complaints and their outlook on life. I'm looking at them and I'm, you know, they're, they're going through what I'm going through, but they're only 25, <laughs> you know, and they're uh -huh. saying I'm tired all the time and I can't. <sighs> and I thought to myself, aha, uh -huh, wait a minute. You know, it, it isn't inevitable that you're going to fall apart when you age mm. or you can be doing wonderful things in your forties and fifties. Right. And I started to research, uh, you know, how aging affects the body. And mm. I saw that the, the thing, the, what, what's hard on you 
when you're young and you're having your children, um, you know, I was doing it at a little bit older age and I was still, you know, able to manage it. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, it's people go, oh, my God, you had a kid at 40. That's insane. Uh And then I learned, Uh you know what, I'm in between dropping her off. I'm, you know, going for 10 mile runs in between. So what is what is it, you know, that I'm doing? And I learned that caring for yourself in the ways that we're talking about, which is that three prong approach is Mm -hmm. there. There's the typical wellness of your nutrition and your fitness. Mm -hmm. And then there's the mental health. And then there's your outlook on the world. And that was the aha moment that I remember thinking, you know, looking at people at 40 and mm-hmm. thinking they were older. Mm. And I thought, wait a minute, I'm 40 and I'm doing the same things. Right. You know, I have, maybe I'm a late bloomer and I'm doing them later, yeah. but I'm having to do these. So how can I maximize my wellness? Um, I was already there, you know, in, mm-hmm. the, in the industry, right? right? How can I maximize my wellness while I'm doing that? And that's when I started to regroup and oh. thought about, you know, what is it I can do at this age compared to at 25? Right. And I also had a lot of, I went through a very, um, I guess it was a rough patch of really having a lot of regret and feeling really bad about myself at 40 to 40 to 45, thinking I could have been doing all this when I was 20 to 25. Mm. Um, but what I learned about that in this process of studying is that, you know, some of the people who have severe injuries or um, illnesses later in life mm-hmm. was because they were so hard on themselves in their teens and 20s. They were star athletes in high school right. or in yeah. college. Right. And you see that a lot with professional athletes that yes. it runs its course at a young age. Mm-hmm. So that's where the whole concept of moderation and balancing it all came in. Mm-hmm. But I had, you know, I had to work on my mental and emotional health for many, many years. That was the last frontier for me as well, like it is for most people. Mm-hmm. I really had to manage, um, really had to figure out how to pace myself, how to say no, what works for me and what doesn't. And again, mm-hmm. Tess, that took a very long time. And just yeah. when I thought it was there, uh-huh. I would start saying yes to things that I should have been saying no to, right? <laughs> so um, that lingered That lingered for a while with me. Uh-huh. But now, like, you know, for example, I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about what we're doing for the weekend. And I said, no, I need a rest day. Yeah. You know, I need yeah. a day to sleep and to lay down and mm-hmm. to to take some time off. And I'll still continue to work and do what I'm doing. But mm-hmm. if I don't feel like doing something, if it's not something I have to, in other words, part of my livelihood or it doesn't jeopardize anybody else's mm-hmm. health or wellness or well-being, um, mm-hmm. I take the time to myself. Yes, absolutely. That's great. That's great. So as a, as a businesswoman, <clears throat> an entrepreneur, um, did you encounter any bias when you decided you wanted to create your own business? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I, you know, people just by what, what they don't say, mm-hmm. you know, it mm-hmm. is there is a, oh, there's so many people out there doing it or, yeah. you know, nobody cares about eating well. They just want to stay alive. Oh boy. And what you have to say is a luxury. People can't, you know, people yeah. aren't interested in that. So right. yes, I had, I had, that was a big um, component. And also what I got a lot of tests, which um, when people don't know your background mm-hmm. and I come from a family uh, with a lot of mental uh, wellness issues, mm-hmm. um, I come from, you know, I just say it plain and clear. I come from a fat family, mm-hmm. um, my mother's side of the family, both sides of the family actually mm-hmm. struggled terribly with weight. And, you know, we suffered as children for that because my mother's mental wellness wasn't well mm-hmm. because of her physical wellness. Right. And people say, well, you're really fit. You look really good. You don't know what it's like for someone who needs to lose weight. I do. I know more than anybody what it's like. Right. And I got a lot of flack from that or, 
you're married and have a wonderful husband, so you don't know what it's like to struggle. Oh well, gosh. I was single until I was 37. Huh. Uh, when I wrote my first book, you know, because I've written three cookbooks prior to writing Eat Well, Live Well, Age Well. Mm-hmm. When I wrote my first book, I made $16,000 a year. Hmm. So wow. I do know what it's like. Yeah. yeah. So, so how um, did you handle it? Um, I, there were times when I was defensive, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, what I tell people now is don't compare yourself to anybody else. You don't know what it took somebody to get to where they are today. Yes. You don't know sure. what they're hiding. Yep. You don't know, um, that someone may appear well on the outside. You don't know if someone's getting themselves into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, mm-hmm. you know, to, mm-hmm. to buy expensive clothing and live in an expensive apartment. So it looks like they're doing well. Yeah. You never right. know somebody else's history and background from what they went through just like when I look at somebody and this is a new sensitivity I've had I'd say in the last uh, 10 years Mm -hmm. um, is I really take a look at someone when I see that they don't look well uh, from the aesthetic where they're not coloring their hair Mm -hmm. or they're not taking care of their teeth Mm -hmm. um, or they've gained an, an enormous amount of weight the first place I go now um, is something's going on in their lives where they're not feeling good about themselves hmm. and something's going on that maybe they lost a family member or they lost a spouse mm-hmm. uh, or something in their life or they, they lost their job or right. something happened right. to cause them to not feel good about themselves. That's kind of that when you say, do you know, you know, what do you see? Mm-hmm. I kind of have a radar for that now. Hmm. And um, as you know, drug addiction, alcoholism, overeating are all symptoms of somebody not feeling good about themselves mm-hmm. or not being able to deal with their losses. Yeah. So something that I speak about extensively in uh, Eat Well, Live Well, Age Well, and when I'm talking to people is, you know, I say is try to reach out to mental health. Prof- there is a group or an organization for absolutely everything that bothers you. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, for sure. Um, uh, there's, you know, uh, the 12-step program. I'm a huge fan of there's 12-step programs for alcohol, for drugs, for mm-hmm. spending money, mm-hmm. for relationship problems, um, and for uh, absolutely anything. And I, I recommend people going to grief groups if you've lost mm-hmm. a family member. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Even if you've lost a pet. Mm-hmm. There are grief groups for that, and they're free yeah. uh, online and in person. And I can't, um, and I know some, there's a stigma with mental health, and some people are conditioned or brought up to think you don't tell anybody your problems, you don't talk about yes. it with anyone. Right. I cannot emphasize these groups are safe, mm-hmm. they're wonderful. And the ones that are more structured often have, um, for people who aren't familiar with them, is sponsorship, mm-hmm. where you go in and you ask somebody to sponsor you. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they'll walk you through the program and right. help you with your wellness issues. Yes. Right. Okay. So who would you credit for where you are now? Um, it's funny you say that. I'm just thinking about that recently um, uh-huh. because I didn't, you know, as a child, um, I, you know, I was a a smart um, child. I I wasn't shy, but I was really, really insecure most of my life. Hmm. And I always go back to, it's really interesting that the impact that my father had on me, um, he, you know, came from a pretty scrappy background and Hmm. worked his way up and built a a huge business and did very well for himself and took amazing care of his family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so he was always a role model in that way. But I remember when he was little, he had all these sayings that would make us laugh and he would tell us jokes, but um, he did it in a way to make us feel better, right? So Mm -hmm. that was the idea. Mm -hmm. And he always said to us, when you're down, the only place you can go is up. Hmm. 
And I, you I know, I, I, I hung on to that yeah. um, saying um, from the time I was little. So you're feeling really down yeah. and maybe it is physical and maybe it is mental and maybe it is just the world is just too much for you today. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can, you can get back up again. Mm-hmm. And I want everybody to know that there, as long as you're alive, there's hope. Yeah. And even if your life is compromised, whether it's physically, emotionally or financially, there's something there that you could do to brighten your day. And you don't have to work that hard at it. Don't take everything on. Don't make yourself even more tired and stressed out than you are. That little thing is that, do you enjoy flowers? Mm -hmm. Go to a floral shop and look at the flowers. You don't even have to buy them, right? Right, Um, Do you enjoy, um, you know, you enjoy the art of cooking? Mm -hmm. Um, Take an online cooking class, just something you could observe or just Mm -hmm. make something. Just, you know, does that make you feel better to bake a batch of cookies or something? Do it, you know, get up and... um, I'm an avid knitter. I've mm-hmm. been knitting since I'm 11 years old and I oh, pick wow. it up and I put it down and I pick it up and I put it down. And uh-huh. now in the beginning of the pandemic, I picked it up again because I had yarn laying around the house uh-huh. and I embarked on a journey um, now for the last two, almost three years mm-hmm. where um, I knit scarves for people who need it. I don't necessarily, when I post it on Facebook, I post the scarf. I might, I, I, comment on the colors mm-hmm. and I say who is going to, but I don't always say why, mm-hmm. you know, so right now I'm making scarves that I'm donating to an organization called Char Share It, hmm. and it provides support for women who have breast cancer. Wow. So I'm making scarves for women as they're going through chemotherapy oh. um, and their treatment and just something to wrap themselves around with, with love, you know, awesome. and so you can do baby blankets, you mm-hmm. can do something for yourself. So that's right. something I took on. Um, so uh-huh. everybody has something they love to do. But you know, yeah. again, my advice is get out there, do one good thing for yourself every day. Yeah. And um, remember that, you know, you want to, as you get older, you want your life to be in peace. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing is just calm our lives down, get ourselves to a point where, um, you know, we're happy and we can sleep at night. I love that. Yeah. So um, going forward, is there something else that you haven't done that you'd like to do? Um, okay. I succumb to that same fear at my age. There's certain things I want to do and I be, I'm, you know, I want to uh, maybe, you know, scale a high mountain, <laughs> something I want to do, uh-huh. um, yeah. but I'm a little afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. But what I do is something that's a little more practical is yes, I want to write a novel mm. and I want to write a novel about coming to, of age in the 60s and 70s, because I think it's so um, pivotal for those of us who are in our, you know, our, our seniors now, people mm-hmm. in their 60s and 70s and beyond. Right. Um, so I am attempting to do that right now. And, and oh, I hope it's wonderful. successful. Yes, thank you. Thank that's you. Wonderful. Something uh, I never in a million years thought I'd be doing uh-huh. as a person. Yeah. Well, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it might actually just be the, the next right thing for you. Yes, you know? yes. So mm-hmm. this, I mean, you've gone through, you've already put yourself in an industry where you are teaching people how to, you know, to treat fitness as as a way of life. And then, you know, your, um, your thoughts about doing something and in, in a peaceful way as opposed yes. to just, yeah. Yes, exactly. So it's, exactly. it's, it might just be the next thing that would actually um, tie it in too. So, right. So, right. <clears throat> okay. And so what are your goals for the community of fitness? 
So my goals for the community of fitness and, you know, something that I want to shout out to everybody is that um, I love being in this business as, a, you know, I'd like to think I'm a role model for people. Mm -hmm. And so my goal for the industry as a whole, I love this question, Tess. You're the first person that's ever asked me that because oh. it is a community. It's a community of people yeah. that are trying to help others get well. Yes. And my goal for this community is for all fitness, wellness professionals, dietitians, um, you know, doctors who work in healthcare is to really value where that person's at. If this could be the first component of your approach is to just say, everybody's an individual mm -hmm. and everybody has barriers and everybody mm -hmm. has strengths and something, something wonderful is dying to get out of everybody, right? It's right. in there. Yeah. It's dying to come out. And I think through health and wellness, we can get there. Because the better uh, the better you feel about yourself, the better equipped you are um, mm -hmm. to make changes and to improve your life. Yeah. And, you know, having said that is that you have every right when you go to a trainer, a nutritionist, a doctor, a mental health professional, you have every right to interview them and scrutinize them in the same way that they're doing to you. Mm -hmm. You have every right to look at their credentials and their background. You know, are they yeah. legitimate? Right. Um, and are they are, are they in the best in, are they doing what's in the best interest of me? Right. And yeah. that health professional should feel the same way about themselves. Is this mm. a healthy relationship for both of us? Right. So we we forget that often. Yes. Like, oh my god. That, oh yeah. That, that's a do that doctor went to Harvard. He must yeah. be the best at what he does. Yeah. And maybe he's good in in one angle, but he's not the right person for you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that you have a right to look at. You have a right to fight back at the grocery store if you think you're being overcharged mm -hmm. you have uh, a right when somebody's not treating you well to say something right there and then so right. you know say it loud say it proud as I always say Tess uh, I love that so if anyone wanted to know more about you and your book eat well live well age well how would they go about it Yes, yeah, so I would recommend um, to go to my website. It's www.thefitnessgourmet.com, mm -hmm. or you can reach me directly at www.patriciagreenberg.com. Great. So is there anything you would like to say to my listeners? Yes, that I want everybody to know that there's a big wide world out there, and you can be, your dreams can come true. You can fulfill things you never thought imaginable. Mm -hmm. You can write a book in your 60s. You can learn how to ride a bicycle. Mm -hmm. You can take on a sport. You may not become a major league baseball player, right, or yeah. a world-class runner, but you can do it. You can get out there, and you can toss a ball, and you can take for a walk. Most importantly, most importantly in anything you're doing, I recommend that you heal broken relationships. Mm -hmm. um, pick up the phone and call people that, you know, are talking to you or you're not talking to them. Yeah. you know, correct that yeah. to close that, to close that chapter on your past. Mm -hmm. So as moving forward, you're not so many people die angst and, and, and scared and anxious and having, you know, lost a relationship with a loved one. I can't mm -hmm. tell you how much that uh, opens your world up to having mm -hmm. a more relaxing later in life. Yeah. And lastly, I tell everybody, please plan for later in life, mm -hmm. put something together, whether it's a will or a list of instructions, mm -hmm. or how you'd like to be cared for if you can no longer care for yourself. I mean, yeah. I'm not suggesting you write it on a napkin, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't yeah. have to be, uh, you know, you don't even, you you should go to an estate planning lawyer, but if that's not in your 
your capabilities right now, just put something on a piece of paper Mm -hmm. and share it with a friend or a family member and say, you know, if anything happens to me or I'm alive but incapacitated, this is what I would like to happen because it's uh, very selfless to do that, you know, to to Mm. let your family know and people around you uh, because it's very, very stressful on the family later on if those things aren't taken care of. So that's just part of becoming responsible for every aspect of your life as we age. Mm -hmm. For sure. So if you had one thing to change that you wish you had done years ago, what would it be? I wish I had had the, I wish I had um, uh, paid attention more to my self-esteem and my self-confidence as a young person. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And the last question is, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? I would tell my younger self, especially as a teenager, that's how I'd go back to when, <laughs> when mm. I was about 14 and 15 and just say that you are worth everything that you feel you deserve and um, you are, you know, don't let anybody disrespect you. I love it. Well, Patricia, thank you so much for sharing your stories with me and my listeners. And, and I love that you've taken on, you know, um, this uh, this idea of fitness being it's an it's basically it to carry you on through the rest of your life and it's not just a you know just a, a one-time thing or a phase so I love how you approach it and it really is all about you know it it, it is the whole body not just one piece or a part of your body you know right. it's, it, it's a mental emo, um, emotional, um, physical. And if you don't take care of one, you know, it's not easy to take care of the others. So, right. but, um, but thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your thoughts with us. And, and I, I really appreciate it. And my pleasure, Tess, thank you so much for having me. This has just been a wonderful conversation thank and it's you. opened up, it's opened up, you know, food for thought for me as well. So, yeah. well, yeah. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. All right. Well, have a good day and I will talk thank with you, you soon. You too. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Patricia Greenberg on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Woman. You can listen to Revolutionary Woman on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note. I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman. <laughs>